While you yet remain standing, there is a word in Luke chapter 2, verse 10. Luke chapter 2, verse 10, I realize that it's a joyful season for many, but it's a tough one for others. And God has put something in my spirit today that can be a blessing to people who are having a tough time. So as God blessed us at the North Campus, he's going to bless us here at the South Campus with this word. Luke chapter 2, verse 10, and it reads, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. I need to teach, preach a message today entitled, Living Joyfully Through the Holiday Season. Repeat those words, living joyfully through the holiday season. God bless you and you may be seated. Living joyfully through the holiday season. A lot of people are experiencing holiday stress. Studies indicate that the holidays are the most stressful time of the year. In most cases, alcohol, drugs, and even isolation, unless isolated with the Lord, will make the matter worse. Moreover, a lot of people are experiencing pain during the holiday season. For example, grief tends to be exacerbated during the holiday season. Because many enjoy the holiday season with family and loved ones, the holiday season is difficult since it is filled with reminders of loved ones that are deceased. Also observing others enjoy their family and loved ones can intensify a grieving person's loss. My beloved, God wants us to live joyfully at all times and in every season. So I need for everybody to hear and receive this. Fact of the matter is this is a message that you really want to be attentive. You really want to hear. You really want to understand. God wants you to understand it, and then he also wants you to apply it, but you won't be able to apply it unless you really understand it, and you can't understand it unless you be very attentive. So I'll say again something God wants for you. God wants us to be, he wants us to live joyfully, and he wants us to do it at all times and in every season. Living joyfully amid a recent loss may not be realistic in many cases because God created people to be resilient. Everybody say resilient. People can recover and rebound from the worst situations with Jesus and time. 
I often share with people who are really going through that if you just hold on with Jesus and time, you will do better. Therefore, after recovering from grief, people are capable of living joyfully once again. Is there anybody in here who has a desire to live joyfully? Here's the key idea, and I need you to get it good. You probably want to write it down. To live joyfully through the holiday season, we must focus and fellowship with Jesus daily. I will repeat because I need you to really get it. You need to get it because this is going to help you through this season. To live joyfully. Through the holiday season, we must focus and fellowship with Jesus daily. Not just on Sundays, not even some days of the week, but we must focus and fellowship with Jesus daily. And even if you feel like this is not really saying something to you, you really need to get it because there's so many people in this world that's struggling and you need to share this with them. Let's see what we can gain by walking through our sermonic text, which basically says that uh, this is not a three-point alliterated sermon, but our blessing is going to uh, be as we walk through the Word of God. I kind of got three informal sections of this message. Um, I have one section that's, uh, that I'm calling the setting, uh, uh, another section I, I'm calling the exposition, and then another section I'm calling the application. Uh, the setting, we see it's right there in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, and, and, and in the setting, we're talking about the birth of Jesus. Everybody say the birth of Jesus. Now, now, we need to understand some things about the birth of Jesus because a lot of people ha- have a misconception. For example, I, I don't want to burst anybody's bubble, but uh, December the 25th uh, may not be the actual day when Jesus was born. I'm not going to say it's not, but I said may not be. And the reason why I said may not be because we really do not know the actual day that he was born. Uh, another, another thing that we need to understand is that uh, when Jesus was born, he existed before his birth. In your Bible, I want you to see it for yourself. It's in, look, for example, in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. I want you to go there. In John chapter 1, uh, verses 1 through 3, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh, the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything that uh, anything made that was made. And then we go down to verse 14. We learn that the word was uh, made flesh, meaning uh, Jesus. We, we, we're talking about Jesus being born. So when we read John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, we learn that Jesus uh, existed in the beginning. 
He existed before he was born. Another scripture that alludes to that we find in Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8. Go there. Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8. I'll read it from the ESV Bible where it says, Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human human form. And I'll stop right there. So in both of these passages, we're learning that Jesus ex existed before he was born. Amen. Something else that we need to understand about the birth of Jesus is that the prophets prophesied it. They foretold his birth before he was even born. For example, in your Bible, notice in Isaiah chapter 7. Go there. Isaiah chapter 7, uh, verse 14. In Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, it says, uh, 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 Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. While you're in Isaiah chapter 7, verse uh, 14, go down to two chapters more over um, in Isaiah chapter 9. Go there. Uh, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says, uh, For unto us a child is born, uh, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So just in those two passages, we see where the prophets uh, foretold the birth of Jesus hundreds of years before it actually occurred. When we look at the narrative, uh, the story of the birth of Jesus is recorded in uh, both Gospels of Matthew and Luke. Everybody say Matthew and Luke. Uh, today, we are observing it from Luke's perspective. Uh, we learn from Luke about uh, his blood kinship, for example, with John the Baptist. And most of us, correctly, when we think about John the Baptist, uh, we're reminded of him being a forerunner of Christ, uh, the man who baptized in the Jordan River. But one of the things we need to recognize is that John the Baptist and Jesus uh, had a, a biological relationship. How is that, Pastor? Well, Jesus' mother, whose name was Mary, and John the Baptist's mother, whose name were, uh, was Elizabeth, they were cousins. Uh, they were relatives, as we read in Luke chapter 1, verse 36. Somebody encourage me and shout out, teach, Pastor. Luke informs us also, hear this, uh, uh, more about the geographical setting of Jesus' birth. Let's see if we can just walk through something. I'm going to skim through it. Uh, I'm in chapter 2 of Luke. Uh, in, in verse 1, we learn about uh, how Caesar Augustus was basically in charge in those days. In verse 3, we see where people were being taxed. In verse 4, we're introduced to a man by the name of Joseph. This man, Joseph, yes, uh, uh, he, he was the man that later married uh, uh, Jesus' mother after Jesus was born. This man, Joseph, the Bible says in verse 4, uh, uh, when he departed from Galilee and, and then out of the city of Nazareth, he, uh, he went into Judea, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. This man, Joseph, being of the lineage of uh, David, being a descendant of David, the Bible tells 
tells us in verse 5 that he was espoused to uh, Jesus' mother whose name was Mary. And while uh, engaged, and we might deal with that another subject as to what really went down with that. Uh, yes, uh, uh, Mary became pregnant not by Joseph, but by the Holy Spirit. She was pregnant and she was with a great child, for she was great with child, uh, meaning she was, uh, here this, uh, carrying Jesus in her womb. Are y'all still with me here? It's interesting how we learn in verse 7 uh, how when Jesus was, well, let me say this. Uh, uh, yes, in verse 7, how when he was born, uh, he was uh, Mary's firstborn son, which does suggest that she had other children. But her first child was uh, Jesus, and her first child was not by Joseph, but by the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was born, we learn in verse 7 that he was wrapped in swaddling clothes. Uh, they laid him in a manger because uh, there was no room uh, for Jesus in the inn. When I read uh, the Gospel of Luke, we find something also unique in Luke's writing that you won't find in Matthew, and that is about the shepherds uh, abiding in the field. Luke uniquely in, uh, informs his readers about the shepherds abiding in the field, and we read, see that in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. Now, hear this, Bible readers. Uh, the shepherds uh, uh, had a similar, not identical, but a similar experience as the wise men from the East. So when we read about the shepherds abiding in a field in Luke chapter 2, uh, they're not the same individuals uh, as the wise men uh, uh, from the East in Matthew chapter 2. But when you read about the two situations, both of them had similar experiences. If you're learning so far, if you're with me so far, go ahead and show it by putting some hands together. That's pretty much the setting that we're dealing with, but now I need to deal with the exposition. Now, the exposition is important because uh, we need to get into application, but we can't see how it, uh, uh, we can't deal with application if we don't deal with exposition. Exposition, basically, we need to delve into and, and understand what the word meant in those days. And then when I get into that last section, application, we're going to look at how that word that we're reading now applies to us today. Are y'all still with me, everybody? Let's, let's see the exposition uh, as we look at Luke chapter 2 uh, in verse 8. Notice in your Bible, we're introduced to the shepherds. They're abiding in the field, and they're doing what shepherds are supposed to do, and that's keeping watch over uh, their flock, and they're doing it at a critical time when the sheep are most vulnerable uh, to, be, uh, to being devoured by wolves, uh, and that is at night. Can I teach preach up in here? When I look at verse 9, are y'all following me, everybody? When I look at verse 9, we're introduced now to an angel. This was not a demonic angel, but the Bible tells us in verse 9 that it was an angel of the Lord. That angel appeared. That angel came unto the shepherds. Now remember, brothers and sisters, in verse 8, the shepherds are tending to their business. But here in verse 9, an angel appears to the shepherd. And this angel is of the Lord. Uh, when you and I are tending to our business, we need to recognize that technically our business has to be the Lord's business. 
Are y'all listening to me? So man can plan, but God can unplan. I think some of us probably have some plans for the day, but don't fool yourself. God who rules and super rules, uh, he can simply show up and change our plans. Anybody a witness to that? Ah, when the angel of the Lord came unto them, the them is referring to the shepherds. Uh, uh, the Bible says the glory of the Lord is shown round about them, and as a result, the shepherds were afraid. It's in verse 10 where a message, a message was given by the angels to the shepherds, uh, and it began by saying, fear not. Will you look at your neighbor right now and just say, fear not. Oh, yes, we're living in an age where a lot of people have a lot of fear. But the word for people who are living with fear today, I don't care what neighborhood you're in, I don't care what conditions you are dealing with, the Bible is saying right now, fear not. Fear not, why? For behold, uh, the angel said, I bring you good tidings. I, I bring you good news of great joy. And that's good to hear because most of the news we hear today is usually negative. It's usually bad. But this angel, the Lord, is saying, you don't have to uh, find yourself fearful because what I'm about to say is good news. Uh, and the good news that I have is going to generate some joy in your spirit. Uh, uh, the Bible says, which shall be to all people. Now, you need to look at that part where it says, which shall be to all people because that all people is inclusive. Would you look at somebody right now and just say, that includes me. <laughs> oh, yes, while you're saying that includes me, what the scripture is saying here is that there's a message of joy for you. <laughs> Not just for the people around you, but there's a message of joy for you. It's right there in the Bible. That's why I encourage you to always follow me in the Bible, because right there in the Bible, it says very clearly, which shall be to all people. It didn't say most, but it says to all people. Are y'all still with me, somebody? It's in verse 11, keep walking with me, where the angel of the Lord uh, spoke to these shepherds and says, unto you is born this day uh, in the city of David a Savior. The angel of the Lord is saying uh, yes to the shepherds that something uh, uh, great has happened that you need to be aware of. Uh, you all are abiding in the field uh, and you're doing what you're supposed to do. You're tending to the sheep. But you need to understand something great has happened and God has chosen to do it right in your vicinity. He could have chosen to do it through a greater woman. He could have chosen to do it uh, uh, in a greater city, but he chose to do it uh, through Mary, a simple girl, and he chose to do it uh, uh, in Bethlehem uh, for some an irrelevant city. Are y'all with me, somebody? I'm always amazed at how God moves because God chooses in many cases uh, to use ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And I think somebody ought to be glad about that. Because hear this, uh, the fact that God chose you. He could have chosen somebody else, but guess what? He chose you. Yes, when, when somebody went to bed last night but did not wake up, but guess what? God chose you. Somebody right now is aching in pain, but you're not sick because what? God chose you. Somebody does not have breath in their body, but you're breathing without any assistance. Why? Because God. Uh, 
God chose you. <laughs> it's not that you're better. It's not that you're greater. It's not that you're richer. It's not that you're more educated. But by the grace of God, God chose you. <laughs> the fact that he chose you today, I think you ought to go ahead and give God some glory for choosing you. So the angel of the Lord is saying to these shepherds, you need to be aware of something great that has happened uh, right in your vicinity. The, a Savior has been born, which is the Christ, meaning the Messiah, the Lord. Are y'all still following me? It's in verse 12 of your Bible where it says, uh, where the angel said, uh, uh, this is going to be a sign. He said, uh, you, you're, going to, you're going to find this baby. And, and when you go see this baby, I'm going to tell you just what you're, going to, what you're going to see. The baby is going to be wrapped in swaddling clothes. And the baby is going to be lying in a manger. And the Bible says in verse 13, and suddenly, somebody say suddenly. The Bible says there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. And what were they doing? Praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward all men. Now, it's interesting. We have the shepherds of the field doing their job. An angel of the Lord shows up, and he gives the shepherds of the field a message. And now we have a host, a multitude of heavenly angels that have joined this one angel, and this host they have, that have shown up, they are praising God. I don't think y'all see the picture here, everybody. Amen. Uh, it's interesting how the host showed up, but, but they showed up praising God. I, I shared with the uh, North Campus, the people at the North Campus, how uh, early this morning while I was taking my morning walk in the cold, uh, make, taking my morning walk, I, I made a good decision. I, I thought about this text, and I thought about how the, the angels were praising God. So I decided while I'm walking, you do realize God has equipped us where we can multitask. Uh, I decided while I'm walking alone, uh, while I'm walking in the cold, uh, that I'm going to join the angels uh, and just start praising God. Uh, I'm walking, uh, but I'm waving my hand. I'm walking, uh, but I'm praising the Lord. Brothers and sisters, uh, I don't care where you are. You can praise the Lord. Uh, I don't care what situation you're in. You can uh, praise the Lord. Come on and put some hands together. Uh, the Bible says here, a multitude of, hev uh, of the heavenly host, uh, meaning uh, we, got, uh, we, we have angelic beings uh, from heaven. And look what they said. Uh, they said, glory to God in the highest. Is he worthy of glory, by the way? <laughs> glory to God uh, in the highest. But I like this uh, uh, when they said, and on earth, peace. <laughs> Amen. Uh, we, we, we hear this. They're accustomed to peace in heaven. <laughs> But they're speaking it into existence saying, and on earth, peace. Uh, I think some uh, uh, believers right now need to start speaking more of that in existence. Uh, we need peace on earth. Uh, when I was younger, hear this, I was greatly uh, influenced and impacted uh, by prosperity. And I still uh, enjoy prosperity. But, uh, uh, but as I mature in age, uh, I have developed a craving for something that's greater than prosperity. And it's called peace. Because you know what? I know something about uh, being prosperous but yet disturbed. I know something about being prosperous but yet troubled. I know something about being prosperous but yet heartbroken. But I now know something about having peace 
even in the midst of trouble, peace. In the midst of a storm, peace. In the midst of distress. Does is, is anybody know what I'm talking about right now? Uh, I'm not ruling out prosperity, but if I had to choose now between peace and prosperity, I'm going to go with peace. Because I have discovered that you can have prosperity, but if you don't have peace, you can't enjoy your prosperity. But if you got peace, uh, come on and talk to me, somebody. Uh, you got something that passes all understanding. The Bible says, somebody say the Bible says. I'm in verse 15. It says here, and it came to pass, and I want to just say, say this parenthetically, whatever you're going through, it shall come to pass. Will you look at your neighbor right now and say this too? Shall pass. If it's good news, go ahead and praise him right now. Go ahead and praise him right now. Uh, I, I, listen, I, I, think, I, I think a lot of our people have become brainwashed because we think the only time we can celebrate is when the pastor gets to the conclusion of the sermon. But you don't have to wait to the conclusion to celebrate. You don't have to wait to the conclusion to get happy. Anytime it's something good being said, that's a good time to praise them at that moment. Don't wait to the end when you can do what you can do right now. Again, the Bible says, and it came to pass. As the angels were gone away from them into heaven. So it shows uh, they came from heaven and they went back to heaven. Yes. Are you listening to me? The Bible says that the shepherds, we're back to the shepherds. They said to one another, let us now. We're not going to procrastinate. Look at your name and say, don't procrastinate. We're not going to put this thing off. We're going to go now. We're going to Bethlehem, and we're going to see this for ourselves, what we have heard about the Savior. I don't think y'all hear what I'm saying. Remember, the shepherds were tending to their own business. What was their business? Taking care of their flock. An angel of the Lord shows up. The angel of the Lord shows up with a message of joy. And then we got a whole stuff from heaven of, of other angels that, that have joined this one angel in praising the Lord. Uh, now the hosts have departed, leaving the shepherds there. And the shepherds are saying, based on what we have heard, we need to go see for ourselves. Do I have a witness, somebody? Matter of fact, I think I just need to say right now, somebody's hearing the gospel, and based on what you're hearing, you need to come and see for yourself. You're hearing about a man by the name of Jesus, but you need to come and see for yourself. I believe there's somebody in here. You know you've been born again because you heard. And by the way, faith coming by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You know you've been born again because you heard, but hear this. It's not based on what you heard, but you had to come and see for yourself. That's the message that the Samaritan woman had to go tell others. Come see a man. I heard about him, but you need to come and see for yourself. Why don't you look at somebody right now and say, you need to see for yourself. The, the Bible says, the Bible says that uh, in, in verse uh, uh, 16, it says, and they came with haste. They were in a hurry. <laughs> Once you hear the good news, you ought to be in a hurry. Somebody sitting here right now and you're not saved and you're hearing this good news, uh, you ought to be in a situation where